Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2. Today we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 1, titled One Ocean. Okay, so we're about halfway through this discussion, halfway through this journey through the Blue Planet Pantheon. Uh, We finished the original, now we are on to the sequel series, which, I'll be honest, as much as I really like The Blue Planet, as good as that show is, uh, as much as I was in awe of every single second of that thing, this is even better. Easily. Like, this is easily a superior version. Of Blue Planet. In pretty much every possible way. Uh, They take everything. About the Blue Planet. uh, The stunning visuals. The insane narrative threads. uh, The respect for nature that it builds up. And it just refines. Every single one of those beats. And heightens it. So perfectly. Like this really is an updated. Blue Planet. Like, the tech got better over the decade, decade and a half since the first one. So the visuals are much more incredible. Like, they were incredible before, but now they're just otherworldly. Some stuff changed in the environment, particularly effects of climate change. Uh, So the information is more modern. Uh, And also, with that climate change commentary, uh, with that now being a very pressing issue, uh, they can add more of a sense of urgency. Like, hey, it's important now more than ever that you know what's going on in the ocean uh, so that you can be inspired to protect it. Uh, It's important you know how important the ocean is to us uh, so you would be inspired to protect it so you can do something about it. And it is really, really good. It's so, so phenomenal. Uh, I said already, like, generally speaking, visuals are amazing. This is a gorgeous-looking series, and it's even more mind-blowing than ever. Like, it's a lot sharper. Uh, They do a lot more slow-mo, I noticed. (laughs) So you get uh, a lot more detailed images, like frame-by-frame shit. Uh, And it's just really, really insane. Every single shot is one of the most gorgeous things ever. Uh, As always, David Attenborough's narration is great. Uh, Also, we see him in person in this episode, which is kind of weird, but hey, I'm okay with it. Uh, Basically, all the stuff that was technically brilliant about the Blue Planet uh, is brilliant about Blue Planet 2 even more so. And with all that out of the way, with all that general praise, let's just get into this episode itself. Uh, So this accomplishes 
much of what the first episode of the original Blue Planet did, which is just a general overview, a general big picture. Hey, the oceans are pretty great. They're awesome. Some really cool shit happens there. Also, we're effing it up. Please stop effing it up. Okay, that last part wasn't really touched upon in the original Blue Planet, but you get the point. This has, like, a very similar goal to the first episode of the original series. But, of course, much like everything in this version, it's just done better. Like, they refined everything, so it's sharper, more effective, uh, more heart-pounding, and it's just really, really great. It's an excellent first episode. Uh, There are a couple segments involving dolphins that I really, really liked. The first was that, so apparently, like, there's this, like, pot of dolphins that just comes up on this one piece of coral. And they just sort of rub their bodies against it. They just rub their bodies through the coral. And it's like this group thing. And apparently, uh, the theory of why they do it is that the coral has like anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial properties. So it might be to fight infection. So because these dolphins are rubbing themselves against these coral, now we are looking to that for new medicines. Really fascinating. Like, just very early on showing off, hey, here's a real-world impact that ocean life is making just by being them. Uh, There's also this other segment later on in the episode involving dolphins. Uh, where they are being hunted by false killer whales. And it's like this big, epic chase. Like, they're just going nuts. They're rushing their way through the seas. And then, out of nowhere, the dolphins just turn around and make friends with the false killers. Like, it's so weird. Like, there was this blood feud that then, like, just got into peace talks. The ocean became Switzerland at that moment. (laughs) In the the words of Luke Cage, this place is Switzerland. (laughs) Like, it's, it's so bizarre. It's so strange. Like, dolphins are weird. But I love them. They're so good. Uh, There's this one segment involving a tusk fish, as it's called. And it's called a tusk fish because it has, like, teeth that are kind of like tusks. And this fish, holy crap, I love this moment. This fish, every morning, just goes out, uh, ventures beyond the coral reef it calls home. Just digs through coral rubber, rubber, coral rubble, in, I can't talk. Digs through coral rubble in search of small clams. Because that's what it eats. And it finds a small clam. But of course, like, there's like a shell there. Kinda... 
kind of hard to penetrate that to get to the meat. So it takes the clam in its teeth, its tusk-esque teeth, goes clear across the reef to this one little bowl-shaped coral with, like, this hard bump inside it, and then it just throws the clam against that bump over and over and over and over again. For an insanely long period of time, it just keeps... Uh, pick up the clam in its mouth, throw it against the coral, pick it up again. Throw it against the coral, pick it up again. Throw against the coral, pick it up again. Throw against the coral, pick it up again. And, like, it just keeps going and going and going until eventually it breaks through the shell and just gets the meat inside. Like, holy crap! So there is a fish... In the coral reefs. That literally, as David Attenborough himself says, uses tools to get its food. That is awesome. That is really cool. That is the most awesome thing I've ever seen or heard of a fish do. That is the best. Also... I'm not sure if that got picked up on the mic, but my brother's an idiot and yelled out Assassino again because he loves doing that every time I record anything ever. So that was fun, but I don't care because I'm just sitting here in awe of this freaking tusk fish that just freaking throwing clams at the coral getting its food. It, it's awesome. It's the best thing. I could watch that for hours. I really could. It's hypnotic. It really is. Uh, There's this one segment involving these birds, these fledglings, uh, that are just learning to fly, just sort of learning to fly and hunt in the waters. And so they're just flying over the shallow lagoon. And, you know, occasionally they get... They get tired, and you know they got they got to rest because you know they're young, they're underdeveloped, their wings are kind of poo poo at the moment. So they gotta they gotta rest themselves because they're not they're not used to being this active. So they just rest on on the surface of the water, and they're just chilling out, having a good time. And then this massive fish just shows up and gobbles them up. Jesus Christ! It is so brutal. It is so out of left field and shocking and brutal. And I hit the mic. I am sorry about that. Just boom. Just immediately eaten. And like apparently these fish, they're like so smart that like even after the birds wise up and don't touch down on the water anymore... Like, they're intelligent enough to calculate the altitude, the airspeed, the trajectory of these birds, and just uses that to just pounce out of the water and take them anyway. Like, it is so insane and brutal, and my god! There's this one moment, this really tense moment, where, like, little baby just touches down on the water... 
and you know exactly what's about to happen because you've been watching this carnage, but the bird doesn't know it, so it's just chilling out. And then, like, that big fish is just slowly creeping up on it. It's like something out of freaking Jaws. And it's terrifying. The ocean's scary. <laughs> the ocean's really scary. And then it gets the burn. It's it's brutal and oh. Uh, at one point, they do a segment on these mobular rays that are just nocturnally feeding on plankton, and for the first time, because technology's caught up with the idea, technology's finally caught up with nature. Like, they can now actually capture the faint glow of the plankton at night. And so you can see, like, this epic ballet of life and death, as David Attenborough puts it. And it's insane. It's one of the most beautiful things ever. Like, you just see these glowing little plankton, almost like fireflies in the ocean. And then these rays just, like, pounce at them. And are just going nuts. And it's really cool to witness. Uh, there's another segment involving a Japanese fish called a... Kobudai? Kobudai. Kobudai is the name of it. And it's around the time of mating. And you know, you got the males that are just gigantic with bulbous heads and massive chins. And... Uh, the females, which are just sort of, eh, they're regular size, comparatively speaking. And so, like, they're just swimming around. The male uh, is trying to mate with them. Uh, and they're kind of, like, in this whole thing of the males just, a, a singular male dominates all the females. A singular male just, like, mates with all the females. And it's just like, he just spreads his genes all throughout. But this one female, not having it. And you find out why. Very quickly. Uh, she just sort of goes down into her little hole. And over a few months, I think they said, just slowly transforms... And goes through this hormonal shift to become a male. Blue Planet 2, the very first episode, featured a transgender fish. Cool! Why not? <laughs> That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Like... I started this out jokingly, but that's actually really, really cool. That's a really cool, uh, that's a really cool little evolutionary feature. And, and like, the largest of females do this sort of because they can just create more offspring. If they're males, it, it frees them up to make more babies. And then, like, the new male challenges the dominant male... And they have, like, this little, this little fight. And then the old male F's off 
with the new male having won, and now he's controlling all the females, and he is mating with everyone. It's badass! It's really, really badass! Uh, there's also this segment involving Herring, and of course, we know by now, after watching the first Blue Planet, uh, if you're a Herring, you're screwed. Because everyone and their mother is going to eat you. And this is... No different. Like, there's this massive gathering of herring... Uh, that's immediately infiltrated by... A crap ton of orcas. And they're just cutting the herring off. Sort of... Boxing them into, like... The surface. Locking them into the surface. And then just eating all of them. Uh, at a certain point, some humpback whales show up and start eating them themselves as well. Like, this is another example of herring just minding their own business and everyone and their mother going to eat them. Because if you're a herring, you're doomed. <laughs> if you're a herring, you will just have the worst life. Uh, and then finally, they end this. They end this episode on the biggest gut punch Saying, hey, climate change is real. It's effing up everything. Especially uh, the Arctic and Antarctic. Uh, especially the North and South Poles. And look who's feeling the effects. Walruses. Walruses, their traditional... Their traditional gathering spots are sort of evaporating away, sort of melting away, and they're just sort of desperate to find places for their pups to to rest because they have to swim a lot more, so they're just desperate to find a place that they can just lounge around. But the problem is, like, the only good spot is, like, the most crowded thing ever. And so they're just packed in all these walruses. And they just look so defeated, so sad. Like, they look horrible. Like, these are not good living conditions for walruses at all. And then a polar bear shows up and tries to eat some of the baby walruses... And then all the walruses just F off. They run away because they don't want their babies eaten by the polar bear. And so now they're all looking for another place to rest. And this walrus mother, like, she finds, like, melted iceberg. But all the premium spots are taken. And she goes on to this one big chunk. But it is totally crowded, 100% full. And out of desperation, this mother just barges in and creates all this chaos, creates all this thrashing around. Uh, and under the weight of all that, like, this little piece of ice just crumbles. And now everyone's lost. Everyone's effed. Everyone's lost this premium real estate. And now they just have to wander around some more. Like, they just... Because we are effing up this planet. Like, these walruses are just going through hell just to find a place to rest. 
and it's like the most gut-wrenching thing imaginable. Like, it's the most horrific thing. God damn. And that's how it ends. So yeah. If you were feeling good about the world, congratulations. You don't anymore. <laughs> you don't feel good about this planet anymore after watching this episode. Uh, and we got six more just like it. So get ready for that. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark. Uh, it's just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 2. Talk to you then.